Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. Plenty of people in attendance right now watching this ALCS game, sweating out their bets, myself included. Took the under five and a half first five innings. So, uh, 1 0, bottom three. We sweat that one out, and I tweeted it out. So if you're able to follow along, hopefully we can cash that together. If not, be sure to give me a follow at Danny Burke 5 As for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. And for the show tonight, we'll be covering plenty. We've got NFL midweek movements to kick things off. Then furthermore, we've got Ryan Rostein joining us. Not only will he talk about his Eagles in a very intriguing matchup against the Raiders this weekend, but the NBA last night was back in action, but we get a full slate this evening, and he's got plenty of thoughts on his Philadelphia 76ers with the whole Ben Simmons debacle, their matchup this evening against the Pelicans. So very excited to see what really his overall analysis of the Sixers squad is going to be heading into this season. So uh, Ryan will be joining us in 15 minutes. In about a half hour, Scott Spritzer, he's been coming on every now and then, giving us good plays and insight when it comes to both the NFL and college football, and that's exactly what we'll touch on with Scott in about a half hour. And then since it is the middle of the week, what we like to do here on Rush Hour in terms of the NFL is take a moment to just look and kind of reflect on these futures and look at certain categories that have been sticking out to me. Last week, we took a win total with the Broncos under 9.5. That one now is at 8.5. But not only did we look into that, 
we looked into the leading receiver, and those odds have shifted. So I kind of want to update that as well as some other win total bets that could be of interest. So again, a lot to dive into on the show tonight. But let's begin with our midweek movements. Which games heading into the NFL Week 7 slate has seen the most significant line change, whether it's with the spread or the total? And why not? Let's begin with the game occurring tomorrow night, Thursday night football. We've got the Broncos and the Browns. And of course, this game was going to see line movement, right? I mean, we knew the injuries that the Browns already had with Nick Chubb was ruled out. Kareem Hunt is on IR. And then no Baker Mayfield. Case Keenum is going to be the Cleveland Browns quarterback at home Thursday night. Looks like it's going to be a lot of win in this game, too. I mean, the rain is so-so when it comes to handicapping totals, but more importantly, it's the wind gusts that are going to be implemented in this game, and there's apparently going to be a lot of them. So the total opened 44, dipped down to 41 in terms of the spread. Before a lot of this news was announced, Cleveland opened as about a five-point favorite at home against Denver. Now this line is down to one and a half. Cleveland laying one and a half. They're also minus a buck 21 on the money line. Denver's catching plus 107. This just screams ugliness all around it. And even earlier today, it was at three. But then again, you know, when you got the official announcements and it got even lower, now Cleveland's minus one and a half. And it seems gross to kind of trust Denver in this road spot. But I, Cleveland is just so depleted offensively. Odell hasn't even done anything. And now you're telling me to believe that with these win conditions that they're missing their top two running backs, that they can get that going, that Case Keenum can get it going to OBJ now if Baker couldn't before. I'm not sold on it. So I, I couldn't argue anybody out of, you know, wanting to bet Denver. And if you're betting Cleveland, maybe you know something I don't or have more faith, but good luck if that's the direction you're going. I haven't touched anything in it, but this probably does have the makings to be a lower scoring game. I'm just afraid you missed the ship here since it did move in terms of the total from 44 down to about 41 was even at 42 and a half earlier but now that's even seen more movement so keep an eye out for these shifts in that game specifically coming up tomorrow night in cleveland but let's look further ahead let's go to sunday in a game that we were talking about last week actually um or maybe it was this past monday rather with eric eager and we were talking about the chiefs and the titans just looking ahead because the titans were of course playing on monday night and Based on how the outcome was going to be, how was he going to handicap that game? And good on him because I think the Chiefs were about minus four at that point. And he said, now nah, I'm laying the points with the Chiefs. This line is going to be bet up more than likely. And it even opened lower than that. It opened three and a half. And now it's up to five and a half. So Eric jumped in at the right time and made a good call. Because again, now Kansas City lane five in the hook on the road against his Tennessee team that did well enough to beat the Bills, but does that mean they're going to do well enough against Kansas City? It's tough here. It really is because you get two brutal defenses, hence why the total has also moved 56.5 up to 57.5. But now that you're getting up to about six almost with Kansas City, and because of how you know dominant these offenses can be in controlling of the ball with Derrick Henry in the ground game and naturally Patrick Mahomes and his receiving talent, I don't want to lay that high of a spread. But I do think Kansas City gets the job done. Now it's kind of in that ugly territory, though. So I don't think it's anything worth touching, in my opinion. This will probably be a great player props type of game. Just bend the overs on everything. We'll get into that more so on Friday. But big movement toward Kansas City and somewhat movement going toward the total 56.5 up to 57.5 down in Tennessee. All right, let's move on and talk about a game we actually discussed yesterday. And I know just on my guys in the desert, Stormy and Brent were discussing this game. And this is the Falcons and the Dolphins. 
open pick'em went up to two and a half in favor of Atlanta. In terms of this total, nothing too crazy, 48 down to 47 and a half. But I actually made a play on this yesterday, which we described, and that was the Falcons on the money line. You could still get the same price I played, minus a buck 36 in favor of Atlanta, who is coming off a of bye week, who is getting Kelvin Ridley back in the mix, and going up against Miami, who is traveling from London this past weekend. Tough situational spot for Miami. Not going to be nearly anywhere close as rested as this Atlanta team is. So it seems like it's the right spot for Atlanta, and that's why I'm betting it, but this would just be a classic Falcon spot to just not find a way to win. But nevertheless, I'm putting the trust in them. And frankly, I mean, the Dolphins' defense has been a mess, completely different than last year. I don't trust Tua. I honestly think Brissett is the safer option if you're Miami, but that's just me. I get why you're trying to throw Tua in there and develop him, and I'm rooting for the guy. I just think Brissett's more of a, you know, if it was Brissett, I would think a little bit more so of baiting them than I would when it's Tua. So I like the Falcons here, as did the line movement early on. Pick them up to two and a half in favor of Atlanta. Again, that money line's still minus 136, which is the play that I made. Okay, let's go to Los Angeles. So talk Rams and Lions. This is a uh, this is something. All right, we got the Rams up to a 15 point favorite, but they weren't always at 15. They opened up 13 and a half. Nobody has any faith in Detroit. I guess 13 and a half up to 15 in favor of the home team. Uh, total went from about 49 to 50 and a half. Nothing too crazy there with the total. Just to throw it out there, Moneyline has Los Angeles minus 910. If you want to take a huge gamble on Detroit, it's plus 700. 7 to 1 odds is the dog for Detroit. Look, I, I, I get it. I get why this line movement has gone to the Rams. I get why they opened up as a huge favorite. But there have been some spots where Detroit has played competitively. And it wasn't last week against the Bengals. That's for sure. But there have been some bright spots for them. And in general, it just seems so hard to lay that big of a spread in the NFL regardless of who the two opponents are. Not saying I'm taking the points with Detroit. Maybe if I needed an extra team at a contest, I'd throw in the, you know, plus 15 with Detroit. But no way I'd be rushing to laying that spot with Los Angeles. But, you know, some of the sharper money early on looks to have moved it there. But as at this point, it's been stagnant with Los Angeles laying 15 at home against the Lions. Let's move on, though. Let's go with the game we're interested in here in the Midwest. How about the Bears and the Buccaneers? Now, the early lines had this, kind of like the look-ahead lines, had Tampa Bay laying 10. Went up to 13.5 earlier this week. Now it's come back down to 12.5. So originally it was all Tampa Bay after people saw the Bears not do anything too impressive against the Packers. Went to 13.5. But now a little bit of buyback on Chicago. It's at 12.5 in favor of Tampa Bay. This total has seen some action to the under. 48 and a half down to 47. Now, if this was at 13 and a half, and I know 13 is not a key number, but, you know, compared to 12, of course it is, I actually get the movement going towards Chicago because you have a Tampa Bay pass defense that's allowing over 280 passing yards per game to their opponents. They rank 27th in that category. And, yes, we know the Bears primarily run the ball, but they will have to abandon that in this game because Tampa Bay is number one in the NFL, limiting their opponents to just 55 rushing yards per game. The Bears needed to do that this past game against the Packers. I get Khalil Herbert was making some holes and getting the job done, but they didn't execute at the end of the day. They need to do more play action, and they need to get fields more comfortable with slinging it on a consistent basis. And if they do that, this Tampa Bay secondary is a big enough liability to where the Bears can cover that big spread, especially if it's garbage time at the end of the game. 
So I actually get the movement going towards Chicago. Does that mean I have enough conviction to trust them? Absolutely not, because the Bears are going to do something dumb enough to not be able to cover it, but they have the capability of doing so. So if you were someone who took the points with the Bears, I will not dispute you on it, because I do think at the end that may be the right call in Tampa Bay. All right, let's move on to another high spread, though. A bunch of high spreads this week in the NFL. Even higher with the Cardinals and the Texans. Arizona opened up as a two-touchdown favorite. Now they're up to 17-and-a-half against the lowly Houston Texans. Total bumped down from 48-and-a-half down to 47-and-a-half. Again, so high. Would only take the points in the NFL. That's really the best route you can do. Uh, the Colton 49ers was another game that you saw a little bit of movement. San Francisco opened five. Now it's down to four. Total didn't see anything too crazy. 44-and-a-half down to 44. We talked about this game yesterday, though. Maybe a good spot to tease up the Colts if you have enough faith in Carson Wentz. And then finally, with Monday Night Football, uh, the Saints and the Seahawks. Essentially a intriguing game just because they're ugly enough to keep it close. But look, the Saints go from 3.5 up to 5. Total goes from 43.5 down to 43. Nothing too crazy with the total. But Saints, maybe a good spot off their bye week here, uh, taking on the Seahawks with Geno Smith. But overall, those are the biggest line movements, the midweek movements in the NFL right now. We'll see how it shapes up heading into the weekend, but a lot of movements that you need to keep on your radar when it comes to handicapping the NFL. When it comes to handicapping the NFL, especially out in Philadelphia, we look toward Ryan Rossi to help us out, so we'll get his thoughts on the Eagles and Raiders and the Philadelphia 76ers in that circuit act right now. Excited to talk with Ryan. Stick around. It's going to be fun next right here on Rush Hour. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. 
so much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered as Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got the Chicago, Detroit, Philly, and Pittsburgh city casts up and running. Plus, don't forget the Los Angeles city casts with Danielle Elvari. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast made available and get hooked up with five episodes every single week. It's time to talk to one of those CityCast hosts right here on Rush Hour on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host for Rush Hour and the Chicago CityCast. But again, let's bring on a fellow CityCast host, and that's Ryan Rothstein, here to talk all things Philadelphia. We've got Eagles and Raiders. We've got the Sixers and Ben Simmons in their matchup with the Pelicans tonight. We'll hold off on the Sixers for just a moment, though, Ryan. Let's talk Eagles and Raiders, an important game coming up this week. And this line seems to have gone against the Philadelphia Eagles, up to three and a half in favor of Las Vegas at home. What do you make of this matchup? Where are the pros and cons for the Eagles here, and how do you think it ends up? Yeah, this is a tough one because the Raiders, I think, are dealing with uh, some similar things that the Philadelphia 76ers, the basketball team in Philadelphia, are going to be dealing with, which is the story off the field slash off the court. Now the Raiders, they win uh, in the first game where they had to do that. What happens now though, right? Like, is that just a short-term thing with the Raiders? So my point here is I don't really know what we have uh, in Las Vegas just yet. I mean, we know a little bit more about the Raiders than we probably do about the Eagles. And for the Philly side of things, Danny, it's a mess. I mean, this is like Nick Sirianni is doing you know, he's praising whoever he needs to praise that Ben Simmons decided to become the clown show that he has become even more so than he usually is this week because in Philadelphia, all the attention should have remained on what the heck Nick Sirianni is doing with this offense, but instead it's on Ben Simmons. So my point, I don't like this game from a betting perspective. I don't like it from an Eagles perspective, Danny. <laughs> And you bring up Sirianni. <laughs> yeah. What have been? What I guess like? What is your rating on him as at this point? Because after week one, you know, you and I were having a completely different conversation about him. And even week two, you could say. But now, as of this point in the season, you know, where can he go from here in terms of to really change your mind on him? Because I think there's been some questionable things, like in the last game, right? Or maybe it was two games ago when they finally handed the ball off to Miles Sanders. Everybody's applauding, being like, hey, where was this the whole time? So what are some things you need to see him change? Everything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, Danny, like I, I was optimistic last week when I was on the show with you. And 
mainly because, you know, not because of Nick Sirianni, but Jalen Hurts and Devontae right. Smith and, you know, just a variety of different reasons. But now you look at the body of work and listen, I know it's still very early in the Nick Sirianni era. I'm not sitting here. We've seen enough. Fire him. You know, enough's enough already. It's still very early. But the man hasn't run anything. What, what is this offense? Like, like Danny, I, I'm not exaggerating here. This offense is my high school football team's offense. It is the run-pass option <laughs> every single play. And it's, well, let's hope Jalen does something. Like, that. that's it. With two simple routes the receivers are running, four of your five starters on the offensive line out, uh, and he's done that consistently now since week one. And some weeks they look decent. Other weeks they look atrocious. The bottom line is this. You can't hand the ball off one time in the first half against Tampa Bay and then three times total against Dallas and sit here and say, this head coach knows exactly what he's doing. It's it's something else. And you're right. I mean, it's not the end of the world for sure. It's a learning curve for everybody with a young and experienced team, to say the least, especially on the offensive side of things. But, you know, I brought up this game, and it's at three now, actually. Came down from three and a half down to three. Total at about 49 for their matchup against Las Vegas. That is going to be a fun game. Uh, but aside from that, Ryan, looking down the stretch for this Eagles team, I always like to throw out their win total with you that they update at Bet Rivers. And the number is at seven and a half, and it's shaded to the under minus a buck 30. At this point, which way are you putting your money if you had to for the Eagles and their win total? It's funny. I was talking about this with someone earlier today who asked me, uh, the exact same question, just, you know, Ryan, how many wins do you think this Eagles team has remaining on their schedule? I, I couldn't give them a confident answer. Like, like, listen, in the NFL, it's that game that we all like to play preseason. And even now where we go schedule to week to week in the schedule and say, win, loss, uh, question mark, win, loss. It's, it never pans out that way. Like no one thought the Titans were going to win that game outright the other night. Right. Like, and, we see right. different examples of that throughout the year, all year long. So I guess my point is there's a win or two coming up on this schedule uh, that we're not anticipating. But outside of those one or two wins, one or two losses that you don't account for, I can't confidently look at any matchup outside of the Detroit Lions uh, and a couple games in their division that you feel really confident about to this point. So if I had to bet long-winded answer here, I'd take the under, Danny. All right, looking under seven and a half. Hard to argue that with kind of the lack of faith with this Eagles team right now. Doesn't mean they don't have the potential, but maybe they're not ready yeah. just yet. And that's pretty much what I've been preaching, Ryan, with the Bears on my city cast too. So have the same sentiment as you uh, for our respective football teams. But what about our basketball teams here? We've got a lot of excitement in the Windy City for the Bulls. What are you feeling in the city of Philadelphia for your Sixers? They're taking on the Pelicans tonight. Line movement went way back in favor of Philly, or maybe not way back in favor, excuse me, but it kind of came down because of the Ben Simmons stuff. But at the same time, you got to imagine the line was already factoring in that Simmons maybe wasn't going to be a part of this game tonight. But now we see Philly laying four and a half. What are your thoughts on the game tonight? And then I need you to go on the rant about Ben Simmons and what you expect out of the Sixers the rest of the season. Yeah, for anyone that thought I was just ranting about the Eagles, um, buckle up. So <laughs> as far as tonight... Just really quickly, I actually think this 76ers team pulls out a win. I mean, there's no Zion Williamson tonight for the Pelicans. It's basically Brandon Ingram and the Island of Misfit Toys for the Pelicans. 
Uh, Embiid yesterday after the Ben Simmons drama, which we'll get to, uh, he came out and said, you know, I'm, I'm done with that man, that man being Ben Simmons. He was ticked off is the point I'm trying to make. So I think Joel Embiid going up against this very weak, to put it nicely, Pelicans team, uh, they, they take care of business. The Pelicans gave up over a thousand three point field goals made last year, average 12, 13 a game. They gave up. It bodes well for Seth Curry. I also like Tyrese Maxey, uh, who averaged 18.8 points per game per 100 last year. Now he gets the ball as the starting point guard. So I, I just think the Sixers team, despite the circus off the floor, get it done and cover tonight uh, against the Pelicans down in Nolens. So as far as Ben Simmons, Danny, this is right in time for Halloween. He is the biggest clown I have ever seen, both in Philadelphia and I think in quite literally the history of sports. I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty. We don't have enough time about what the 76ers brass and ownership group has done wrong over the past year and short term. And I will be the first to get into that conversation with you. But come on. I mean, Ben Simmons decides, no, I'm not reporting to practice. Then he says, ah, you know what? I'll report to practice. Then he says, ah, you know what? I'm here, but I don't want to practice. But if you're Ben, if you're his uh, representation, What's the plan here? I just don't get it, Danny. It's just absolutely absurd the way he has approached this. And what everybody's alluding to, and you have to imagine that just someone in his camp, in his close circle, is giving him this advice saying, no, 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 you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing. But clearly that is not the case. I mean, this guy just couldn't be doing anything worse to help his, I don't know, career in general. And you're right, Ryan, and I'm sure you could go off for hours about Ben Simmons. And look, at the end of the day, maybe it's the best thing for the Sixers team. And before we head out here, we got about 45 seconds, Ryan. The win total for the Sixers, 51 and a half. If we can assume maybe Simmons is going to not make a negative in- impact by being a consistent part of this team, how does that factor into the win total handicapping for you? I don't touch this win total with a 12-foot pole once again. Uh, <laughs> I certainly like the under. And, and the Ben Simmons is just icing on the cake for that. This 76ers team won 49 games last year. They didn't get to the 50 mark the year before with a lot less drama than what they're dealing with now. I like the under or don't touch it. Yeah, and that seems to be what a lot of people are liking, too, is the under, because you're a little bit scared, especially you as a fan, because you don't want to root against it, I'm sure. But at the same time, realistically, you know, it's going to be higher because of what we've seen out of the Sixers because of Joel Embiid and company. But the under could be the viable play for your Sixers this season. But, hey, Hopefully, uh, for your sake, there's not too much drama, but at the same time, could produce good content out of your show, which, of course, you can catch five episodes a week for the Philadelphia City Cats. You can follow Ryan on Twitter, at WiseRye. Ryan, good luck to your Sixers tonight and your Eagles this weekend. We'll look forward to catching up next week. Danny, appreciate it, man. Thanks. That Ryan Rothstein, ladies and gentlemen, he'll get you covered with everything Philadelphia, as we mentioned, wherever you get your podcast made available We'll get you ready. Coming up next, Scott Spritzer. He'll be hopping on. Professional better over in Sin City. We'll talk college football. We will talk NFL. He'll get you ready with some plays. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN Basketball Betting Experts. And you can do that by grabbing your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. Now with strategies, prediction, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, which includes Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategies and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy now for only $9.99. That's at VEASAN.com slash subscribe for just $9.99 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. All righty, welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Big crowd here with a lot of games to look forward to for the NBA tonight. Again, check it out at VEASAN. Senior NBA analyst Jonathan Montobel getting you ready every single night. And also helping us get ready, but for this upcoming weekend, is Scott Spritzer. Joining us right now at Scott Wins is where you can catch him on Twitter. Scott, it's always a pleasure talking some football with you. I know you got plenty of thoughts in college football. So let's begin with the matchup coming up tomorrow. UNLV, San Jose State, a game in your neck of the woods there in the West Coast. San Jose State laying three in the hook in this spot currently at Bet Rivers with a total of 45. What kind of angles are you seeking out for this matchup? Yeah, hey, Danny, uh, good to be back. You know, I'm looking at this game, and I'm, I'm trying to uh, basically find a reason not to bet San Jose State in this game. And that number, as you mentioned, down to three and a half. It's come down a little bit. I don't agree with the line movement, but I understand why. You got Starko, the quarterback for San Jose. He's not going to play in this game. Nash is going to be the starter, his backup. And, you know, I'll tell you the truth, although Nash might not be the most accurate passer, I don't rate him hardly at all beneath Starko as far as what Starko's doing this particular season. Six to five touchdown to INT ratio. UNLV, meanwhile, is down to, in, like, in all likelihood, their third string quarterback in this game, which is Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers was once a four star recruit, and he ends up at UNLV. Uh, he's 10 for 20 this year for 50 yards. Did not look good early on in the season against Eastern Washington. But the top two quarterbacks for UNLV, who are really nothing special, are listed as questionable for this game. Uh, UNLV's defense poorly coached. I've been to a couple of games this year. I support the local teams. And I'll tell you what, right now I saw against Utah State trips right for Utah State, and UNLV had one defender on those trips right, and they gave up a ton of passing yardage. Short week for the Rebels, shorter than San Jose's. And you got San Jose on that 21-9 spread run as road chalk. I like the Spartans in this one. I'm kind of with you here, and I didn't pay much attention to this game because usually a lot of times I gloss over the midweek games unless they're, you know, really big ones, and this one isn't necessarily an exciting one to look forward to per se unless you got money invested. But I'm with you. I mean, it seems like a good price on San Jose State against this Rebels team that, as you mentioned, kind of undisciplined, very banged up at three and a half. Not too shabby to fade the Rebels, even though, like you said, supporting your local team, maybe not with the bankroll for Thursday. So I might be hopping right. on that one with you. And this next one, Scott, I, I think, you know, I personally am staying away from it, but I just keep hearing everybody saying they want to back Pittsburgh as they're hosting Clemson here. It went up to three and a half, but now it seems to have settled for the time being at three in favor of Pitt at home with a total of 47 and a half. So why is all this love coming in for Pittsburgh? I mean, I get you, you can't really trust Clemson right now, but is this almost the point to where everybody's not trusting Clemson and then they actually play how they're supposed to? Or how do you envision it going down? 
uh, the problem is I keep waiting for Clemson to play as they're supposed to. You know, I thought maybe last week against Syracuse, I didn't get involved in that game. And we saw basically a situation where if Syracuse game manages the clock a little bit better, they got a good chance to win that football game, but they didn't. Uh, listen, I, I got to start by saying I feel awfully squarish by, by saying I'm laying the points with Pitt here, the field goal. Uh, listen, and again, the number over the summer was upwards of 17. I looked at my preseason power ratings the other night. I actually had Clemson laying three touchdowns in this game at Pitt. Wow. So there's all that thrown into the mix, and I get it all. Kenny Pickett's got some nice revenge uh, on his mind in this particular game. He's had no luck against Dabo Sweeney in the past, but he's, been, uh, he, he's just playing an extremely high level right now, a quarterback for Pitt. Great touchdown to INT ratio of 21 to 1. And I keep waiting for this Clemson offense to come around, but boy, we keep waiting. We're going to run out of games. The bottom line is the key metric I care about the most. Pittsburgh dominates both sides of the football, and that Clemson offense just, I don't think, is going to be able uh, to generate enough to get over the hump in this game. So I get it. I get that I'm on the square side here, but I'm doing it anyway. The squares win half the time, right? Pittsburgh minus the points playing the field goal here. <laughs> For sure. And look, I don't even know if it's a square side per se. It's just that everybody that I'm at least been listening to, I know a lot of people on the network at VEASAN have also laid it. I'm just like, I could see a scenario where I would look to fade Clemson and then they would finally play well. So that's why I'm just staying away from it, but we'll definitely be rooting for all your guys' side there. And I get the reason for going with Pitt here, truthfully. I mean, Pitt's been a very tough team and they play competitive in you know, a majority of their games this season where Clemson, you just have question mark after question mark continually. So uh, understand the reason for going with Pitt. Now, Scott, what about this next game, though? We actually were talking about this uh, with Adam Burke, who works with us here at Beeson earlier this week. Air Force and San Diego State could maybe be a good spot for Air Force laying the three in the hook. Short total at 40. I believe Adam liked laying three in the hook with Air Force. Are you on the same side or do you see some value with SDSU? I do see some value with the Aztecs. And listen, I know they're a little bit overrated as far as their rankings are concerned. And I'm not talking about power ratings, but of course, AP ratings and things of that nature. You're going to hear something, uh, Danny, if you haven't already this week, that you're going to hear all week long leading up to this game. It's old school handicapping. And basically what it points to is underdogs who play basically at the same level as their opponents who run for more than 200 yards per game and hold the opposition to less than 100 yards per game. I'm not the only one who plays this angle. Those teams, when they are underdogs, are usually pretty juicy against the spread over the years. It's one of those spots where I either play on that dog or I stay away from the game. And in this spot, I am playing on that underdog, and I get it. Air Force, number one rushing the football. Uh, they also hold their opponents to about 90 yards per game rushing, although San Diego State's defense is about 30 yards better than that. So. We do have a situation where we've got a great rushing team at Air Force against a great defensive rushing team in San Diego State. And again, that old school angle puts me on San Diego State, and I'm getting more than a field goal. It's three and a half in most shops as I'm looking at my screen right now. Uh, so San Diego State plus the points for me, Air Force also off the big win at Boise. They got Army up next. I like the Aztecs in this one. Yeah, it's hard to ignore that spread when you're catching three and a half. And because of those reasons you stated, that's ultimately why I stayed away after we were talking with Adam. But look, both make valid points on each side. And you're right. The old school training of thought. We'll see if it comes to fruition this weekend. And look, Scott, another game that it seems like people are kind of scratching their heads at out on the West Coast by you. Oregon and UCLA, big line movement toward the Bruins now laying two and a half with the total at 60. Are you putting your faith in UCLA for this matchup? 
Well, I'll tell you this much. We talked about that Clemson line, the shift that we saw since the summer. And speaking of shifts and point spreads, uh, last year we saw UCLA getting 17 points in this game. They almost upset the Oregon Ducks. They lost by a field goal, but the Ducks just aren't covering point spreads. I mean, four straight losses against the spread, five of six losses so far this season against the spread. And if you toss out uh, that game against Stony Brook when they were basically laying six touchdowns and they failed to cover by a point, you'll see that they failed to cover the spread in the other four games uh, by over 10 points per game against the number. The offense is fine. Fordell's out. Dye was just fine last week. Anthony Brown looked pretty good last week. But UCLA at home this year, it's like no defense is being played. We saw 65, 77, and 65 points scored again. UCLA at home in three of their games this season. I think it goes over the total. I lean UCLA, but the play for me is over 60. All right, and then, Scott, about 30 seconds. I know you got some thoughts in the NFL. Tell us about the Patriots and Jets this weekend. Yeah, Bill Belichick, man, he's known for his conservative style of coaching. That wasn't the case when he decided to uh, have his young quarterback throw the football with two and a half minutes to go in the fourth instead of trying to run more clock. Pick six, next thing you know, they end up losing in overtime. But he's going up against a rookie quarterback. They already dominated Zach Wilson once. I don't care that he's coming off an extra week to prepare. I think Belichick gets the defense on track here. And they continue that outstanding run, both straight up and against the spread against rookie QBs. So as long as it's not more than seven, seven or less, I like New England minus the points. Scott Spritzer, ladies and gentlemen, at Scott Winsor. You can catch him on Twitter. Scott, love talking football with you, both college and NFL. Best of luck this weekend and look forward to catching up for more bets throughout the season. Have a great one, my friend. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Scott Spritzer, ladies and gentlemen. Again, plenty of college football action. Likes Lane with San Jose State. Lane with Pitt against Clemson. Taking the three and a half with San Diego State. That Oregon-UCLA game, ooh, that one's going to be a fun one, too. Everybody seems to be going with the line movement in UCLA. I'm not touching it. Neither is Danielle Avari, who we talked with yesterday. She hosts the L.A. City Cats and went to UCLA. That is going to be a fascinating game. But then for the NFL, Scott going with the Patriots against the rookie quarterback and the New York Jets. Great teaser opportunity, by the way, to tease down to England. All right, we're keeping it going in the NFL. How about those futures? We'll talk win totals and receiving leaders coming up next. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. As you know, they're offering their same game parlays in all the pro football matchups, and they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. Plus, this NFL season, if you haven't gotten involved, do so now with the $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bets. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia and Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All righty, it is that time, middle of the week on Rush Hour. It is Visa the Sports Betting Network, and I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. As we were saying, it's filling up, baby. Anticipation for not only the game going on right now for Houston and Boston, as I'm just looking at the big screen, and we did cash our first five under five and a half bet, so hopefully you're able to see that on Twitter and follow along at Danny Burke 5 if you want to follow along for other plays with those early games. But Look, the Dodgers tonight, Braves going to be an interesting game, but where my interests lie in this specific segment, as it always does in the middle of the, le- uh, middle of the week, excuse me, goes with the futures in the NFL. We like to update them. We like to give strong thoughts or plays in this category. And last week, the play we gave out was the Broncos under nine and a half wins, and that was with the assumption they were going to beat the Raiders. But even better, hey, they lose to the Raiders, drops down to eight and a half. But let's look at some other areas that could be valuable for betting these updated season win totals. And let's begin out on the West Coast with the San Francisco 49ers and their win total. Nine and a half is the number we're seeing, and it is shaded to the under, anywhere from about minus 125 to minus 130. Currently, the 49ers, two and three this season, right? I mean, they beat the Lions, they beat the Eagles. Otherwise, you know, they lost to the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. 
So they've only beat on teams that have looked, you know, really bad this season, right? And Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently the last report, I think, you know, he's looking better. I don't know if that means he's going to play this week or further beyond. But regardless of what the quarterback situation is, how much are we trusting the San Francisco team? Now, as we always do, I like to separate their schedule into three different categories. The winnable games, the losable games, and then the toss-up games. Winnable being the games I think they have the best opportunity, obviously, to win. Same goes for the losable. And the toss-up, 50-50, wouldn't shock me either way. Starting with the winnable games, you got to go all the, way, uh, all the way to Week 11 on the road against Jacksonville. Then you go Week 15 versus Atlanta. Week 17 versus Houston, the easiest games remaining on the 49ers schedule. Now, as for the losable games, the games I think they're at the most disadvantage, that comes Week 9 versus the Cardinals, Week 10 versus the Rams, and Week 18 on the road against the Rams. So, yeah, you could think they would split with their division opponent, but Los Angeles is clearly the better team at this point. Toss-up games, they've got a decent amount of them. This week versus Indianapolis, I talked about it yesterday a little bit today, but... Colts have looked a little bit better, not saying I think they're going to win, but hey, that could be a good spot for the Colts to just run up on the San Fran team that is banged up and have been struggling to get some offensive momentum. So toss-up game this week. Week 8 at Chicago. No, it's not me being a homer. It's because, again, San Francisco, if they're not healthy, if Chicago you know, could be in a good spot there in the sense of, I don't know. I mean, they're really getting that ground game going, and the defense could limit this lackluster San Francisco 49ers offense enough. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, do I think Chicago's a better team? No, I don't. But the Bears always find a way, and a lot of teams do. Ryan Rossi was kind of just talking about this. NFL teams always find a way to win games. You were shocked to see them win. And the Bears did it last year with the Buccaneers. Maybe it's something with the 49ers this season. Heck, maybe it's not a shock to some people, but for me... I think the 49ers will probably be a favorite, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bears actually win that game. So it's a toss-up spot. Week 12 versus Minnesota. Vikings offensively are better. However, the Vikings always have to end their games at a field goal ending or overtime and make it impossible on them to just win comfortably. It's insane, the consistency with how they end those games. It's, it's impressive. And I just got a feel for Vikings fans almost as much as Lions fans because your heart rate must be just be through the roof every single Sunday. But on the road, tough spot for Minnesota, but they have the capability of winning, so it's a toss-up. Week 13, he gets Seattle, who he already lost to, but it's on the road against the Seahawks. Week 14, on the road against the Bengals, a team that has looked pretty tough. And then week 16, you're on the road against the Titans. Honestly, that could be a losable game, but that's all the way into week 16. Who knows what the outlying situations are going to be at that time. So look, if we give them the benefit of the doubt, they win all their winnable games versus Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Houston, and heck, even get them Indy this week, Chicago and Minnesota. And, you know, look, you're throwing in about, you know, three or so of those toss-up games, or the last three toss-up games, one of those out of the last three is what I'm trying to say. That gets you to about nine wins, because right now they're at two and three. They would need eight more to get over nine and a half, and you have the three winnable games. Okay, so where are the five more games? Well, Indy, Chicago will give it to them. Heck, let's throw in Minnesota. And then one more out of the last three, you know, that only gets you four. So to me, I think the ceiling for this 49ers team, the ceiling is nine wins based on how they have looked right now, the injuries they have endured, and the lack of dominant quarterback play as of this point. So I haven't played it officially because I want to wait. My official conclusion of how I'm going to play this is wait and hope they beat the Colts this week. And if they beat the Colts this week, then you'll get a better number. Heck, maybe it goes up to 10. 
Maybe it doesn't, but maybe you get better value on the under instead of laying a price of minus 125 or minus 130. Root for the 49ers this week unless you're looking to bet on the Colts. But hope they win, and then we'll talk about this again, and then we will pull the trigger on the under win total for this 49ers team. So that's the way I would handicap San Fran. Let's move and talk about a team in the AFC North, though, now. Going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a win against a banged-up Seattle team, barely getting that one out. But look, uh, the win total for Pittsburgh, 7.5. Over is even money, under minus buck twenty. Right now, Steelers 3-3. Three and three. They've beaten Buffalo, they've beaten Denver and Seattle. They lost to the Raiders, Bengals, and Packers. Let's separate their schedule, as we always do. Winnable games. For Pittsburgh, I only got two of them right now, and that's Week 9 versus Chicago. It's the Bears. They'll find a way to lose. Week 10 versus Detroit. Need I say more? It's Detroit. Losable games. There are a bunch of them, of course. Week 11 on the road against the Chargers. Week 13 against Baltimore at home. Week 14 on the road against Minnesota. Week 15 versus Tennessee. Now Tennessee has a bye week. Then they're at home versus Jacksonville, and then they get Pittsburgh. So that's a good spot, in my opinion, more so for Tennessee. Week 16 on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Week 18 at Baltimore. Those are a lot of losable games and a lot of tough ones. Toss-up games. Next week at Cleveland. Post-bye week, and Cleveland has a bunch of injuries. Toss-up game. Week 12 at Cincinnati. Week 17 versus Cleveland. Maybe they're healthier by that time. So look, if you're giving Pittsburgh their two winnable games, that gets you to five. And at least about, you know, two out of three of the toss-up games, and they're doing all the losable games, then you still end up at about seven wins for Pittsburgh. The reason why I'm not officially playing this under right now is because of the uncertainty with this Cleveland Browns team. That's what makes me a little bit cautious going under with them. So I'm not touching Pittsburgh, but the lean would be toward the under. Let's see what the rest of the division is looking like health-wise. Finally, the other win total team we'll talk about. We won't spend too much time on it, but what about the G-Men, the New York Giants? Four and a half, and it's shaded to the under minus 130. Right now, they're one and five. The winnable games, and this is me being generous because, frankly, they're all losable games. Uh, week 12 versus Philly. Week 13 at Miami. Week 18 versus Washington at the very end of the season. Who knows what it's going to be looking like. Losable games, all of them. But realistically, week 8 at Kansas City. Week 11 at Tampa Bay. Week 14 on the road against the Chargers. You get Dallas at home. Philly on the road and Chicago on the road. Two toss-up games, Carolina at home and Las Vegas at home. But look, again, I'm being very generous with these winnable games, but you have to give them the benefit of the doubt in some kind of sense. But realistically, to me, they're getting about two to three more wins. Depending on how you think this week goes, can they snag a win against the Panthers? Maybe. Probably not. But look, four and a half, it seems tough to bet an under that low, but it is the Giants, and they're looking like a train wreck. So consider the Giants under as well. Don't like laying the price of minus 130. That's why I didn't play it as of now. But if you think they lose this week, better to jump in sooner rather than later. But the main one we're looking at, let's hope the 49ers win so then we can bet their under win total next week. And finally, before we head out, I did just want to update the most receiving yards prop. We noted out Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. They're the top two guys right now. Adams went from plus 650 to 6-1 to one to lead the league in receiving yards. Cooper Cup, our second guy, went from 9-1 to one to 8-1. to one. He is second in receiving yards now. Devontae is still number one. So keep that in mind if you're looking to handicap these most receiving yards. Top two guys who we talked about last week, still my top two guys with decent value relatively. Devontae Adams, 6-1, to one, and Cooper Cup at 8-1 to one now. It's a volatile area to bet, so that's why I didn't do it officially. But, hey, 
Devontae and Cooper are the top two guys, and I think they remain the top two guys throughout the course of the season. Best of luck if you play anything tonight. Let's go Bulls if you followed us earlier in the week. If not, wait for those in-game opportunities. We'll catch up again tomorrow to preview Thursday Night Football right here on Rush Hour. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.